your complete betting guide to this weekend's English Premier League action. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League podcast. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League preview for yet another Christmas match week here in the Premier League. We are getting through the games day by day. We're working out exactly what date it is. And as usual, there's another Premier League game or four about to turn up. Uh, this is another match week before we get into the uh, the New Year's Day fixtures. And we're going to go through what are now, at time of recording, eight fixtures left in the Premier League. Uh, a couple of postponements, the 12.30 and the 5.30 kickoff have gone on the Tuesday. Uh, but we will continue to go through what are four on the Tuesday, two on the Wednesday Another two on Thursday as well. Happy to say that uh, joining us to go through these are the world football expert Gavin Hamilton and the former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Hello. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, good. Thank you. Yeah. Plenty to be, uh, well, working out exactly what's going on with these teams, whether they've played, whether they've not played, if they have, if they've played well at all, uh, how they're going to be affected still. Uh, but we'll go through them uh, day by day, match by match. And don't forget, of course, you can follow these games in the Clubhouse on Clubhouse Radio when you are logged in and watching the game as well. We will take you through every single second of every single match that is going ahead in the Premier League uh, this season and particularly over the busy festive period. Uh, there are three three o'clock kickoffs on the 28th of December. That, I believe, is a Tuesday. And we're going to start with, well, there's Crystal Palace, Norwich, Southampton, Tottenham, and Watford versus West Ham and uh, Neil Mellor. I think I think we'll start with Southampton against Tottenham, shall we? Uh, Southampton with an impressive three-two away win at West Ham uh, the other day, whenever that was. Uh, Tottenham uh, looking impressive under Antonio Conte, and they are the favourites for this. Two point one two, three point four for Southampton, three point five the draw. The uh, the under over market on the goals is two point five at one point eight eight for over two and a half goals. And under at 1.92. Um, it was a good result for Southampton, but Tottenham definitely favourites in this one, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think Spurs under Conte, we've seen a real change in terms of um, the results, in terms of the performance, in terms of the intensity, in terms of actually enjoying watching Spurs play at the moment. Um, on the back of both playing on the 26th, this is a 3pm kickoff. So again, you're thinking, how many changes will each team make? Um, Spurs did take off Kane after an hour and Son 10 minutes later. So you, you can bet that them two will, will probably both be playing in the in the game. Um, and then Southampton, it was a great result at West Ham, wasn't it? But again, how many changes will they, they be making in the game? I've looked at players who were on the bench. Adams came on with 10 minutes to go. Maybe he could be a contender to start. But Southampton don't quite have as many alternatives like, like Spurs maybe do for this one. Gavin, looking at, at Tottenham again, um, I know we've spoken about Southampton's result, but looking at Tottenham's uh, performances that have actually not played too many away games in in in, in fact in December um, in the Premier League anyway um, they've had three postponements Burnley Brighton and Leicester and that's been pretty good for Antonio Conte hasn't it he kind of got his feet under the table at home and now he's uh, he's, he's got um, almost his first away game in charge yeah but I mean I don't think that the approach will change too much he's got his formation that he sticks with I mean it's always a good barometer of how Harry Kane team is playing when you when you see him leading the line and he's not dropping deep to to try and create things. He's you know it, against Palace and against Liverpool. He's yeah you know, he's 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 just on that final defender and he's and he's waiting for he knows things are going to happen and and be created for him and and that's a really good sign for Spurs because they're, they're yeah you know, they he's turned it around pretty quickly. There's a lot more energy, a lot more uh, intensity as Neil said and uh, and uh, they've got options on the bench. Um, I mean, Lucas Moura played very well against Palace in the, on Boxing Day, um, but he's one of those players that he he comes in and out and he's not that consistent. He can be quite frustrating. So possibly a change there would be maybe Deli Ali to, to to come into to more of a midfield role um, and, uh, and and give give Spurs a little bit more in midfield um, and uh, Harry Winks is there as an option as well to come in. So they've got I mean, Conte's got more options. Um, I think uh, than Southampton have, so uh, it, it does make Spurs uh, clear favourites for this. And I think Kane has found his scoring touch again, and he's he's in he's in a, in, it's, a it's a wonderful finish for that opening goal against Palace. He just swept the ball home, and um, and Son is, is is there as well. Son's always always there, isn't he, um, as an option? So I think uh, it, it's very hard to see past Spurs, and I think it's um it's going to be tricky for Southampton. 
Uh, Neil, it's a, it's nice if you're a Tottenham fan particularly, but just generally I think if you want to see a Spurs team that's that's good to watch, you're getting Kane and Son on the score sheet once again. And if, if they click once more, then that's clearly, it's not a secret really, but that is the secret of Tottenham doing well throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, Dave, when I watched uh, Spurs recently against Liverpool and it was 2-2, I watched Kane, I watched Son, I thought, it's the first time I've seen them playing like that at that level since maybe Pochettino. Uh, you know, really impressed, feel as though they're, they're enjoying the football, feel as though they're giving the team a lot more. Um, and that's down to Conte, the, the reaction he's got there. And I think what's maybe gone a little bit unnoticed at Tottenham in this run under Conte is they've had three clean sheets in four games. <laughs> you know, b- before he came in, it, you almost felt like you can get at that Spurs defence. All of a sudden, that starting to look a little bit tighter. Um, I know Southampton scored three goals at West Ham, but West Ham have got a lot of defensive problems. So I think they'll have a job on their hands to try and find the back of the net against Spurs. And with Harry Kane in the form he's in now, I wouldn't mind betting Harry Kane continuing this goal-scoring run. Well, Kane is 2.22 to score any time in this game. The Tottenham to win to nil is 3.6. You can have... uh, Yeah, there's lots of different ways into this. The, The Son... Market there as well. If you fancy, um, we can have the cane brace. If you fancy a couple of those, that's 6.5. And then Son being back amongst the goals once more alongside his uh, goal-scoring partner. You can have uh, Son at 2.57 any time. He's 5.5 first goal. Are we thinking the the winter nil for for Tottenham in this one? I know it's it's an away game. Tottenham haven't looked great away from home in in some games this season, but this is a different Tottenham altogether, isn't it, Gary? Yeah, and the three at the back works well for them, particularly for Dyer. He likes he likes playing that role in 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 the in the centre of defence, and um, it, you know he, he's he's comfortable in that back three, and Sanchez as well is is a is an important figure, and and it gives them that solidity for the, and the wing backs can then can you know can can bomb on and give them that extra extra player in midfield, and it, it's a system that's worked for Conte, it works at Chelsea, it's worked everywhere everywhere he's coached really, um, and. Spurs have already adapted very well to it, and 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 as Neil says, the clean sheets are there already as proof that um, they're a lot more solid. And um, I, I I think yeah, it could be quite tight. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Kane Kane will take his chances, and Son will take a chance. But I think it could be could be relatively tight this, and I think it could be. Um, uh, I think Spurs to nil is a good is a good start, um, and I think. But I don't think it's going to be a, I suppose, whitewash. But I think they're pretty solid now, and I think they'll 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 um they'll take a comfortable victory here. I think that's how we're thinking. Any agreement with that, Neil? Or do you think Tottenham can go and go three or four here? Yeah, I'm not expecting a, a great game in terms of the intensity because the game comes so quickly after Boxing Day. I think it might be flat at times, and, and a fancy Spurs to nick it. You know, an under two point five one would would be one that'd be a fancy, but certainly Spurs to win uh, under two point five. We can have on the on the multi scores. You can have Spurs to win one nil, two nil, or two one at two point seven seven, or the rather more simple Tottenham and under two and a half goals is four point seven five. But we think uh, a Tottenham victory away from home uh, will you know, Southampton will have had that victory at West Ham, but Spurs will be too much for them. Okay, uh, moving on to another of the three o'clock games, Crystal Palace. Uh, who were affected affected more by COVID in that their manager wasn't available to to be on the, on the sidelines against Norwich, who are back to being the struggling Norwich. The the Dean Smith bounce, whatever that was, um, has disappeared somewhat. Four for the draw. Norwich are five point five. Crystal Palace one point six two. Uh, over two and a half goals is one point nine three, and this one's one point eight seven for under two and a half. Uh, and this one, Gavin, is more of a, a balancing act between whether Norwich or that they've got their team and that they haven't been affected by anything in particular. And Crystal Palace at home without Patrick Vieira, we're achieving for this game as well. How affected were they by that COVID outbreak as such in, in, in the backroom staff? And, and actually, how more affected were they uh, on Boxing Day by the fact that they maybe weren't playing, then they were playing, then they weren't playing, and then they had to go and play Spurs? Yeah, the preparations weren't helped, were they? By the, the people saying the night before the game had been called off, and then um, we didn't know until, until I think about eleven o'clock on the morning, Boxing Day, that um, the game was going ahead. But I mean, the first the team they put out against Spurs was was a pretty decent team, a decent first eleven. The problem they had was there wasn't a lot; they didn't have many attacking options off the bench, 
Uh, and that's the problem they've got, I think, in this game, in that Zahar is now suspended after the, that, that red card. Um, silly, silly thing. But he, he, he's always at risk of doing that, picking up those yellow cards. The way he, the way he plays on the edge all the time uh, makes him susceptible to those sort of decisions and, and, and yellow cards. And um, so they're, they're without Zahar. It's not as much of a problem, I think, for Palace this season as it was in previous seasons. They're not as dependent on Zahar. They've got other options. Edouard has come in. And, and done pretty well. Um, different type of player to Benteke. Um, and the, they've got some great movement now in, in, in midfield. Yeah, Conor Gallagher's goals have been really important. Um, they've really put him on the map this season. And uh, he's he's a terrific player. So if they're going to be goals in this game from Palace, they're going to come from Gallagher, I think, in midfield. Ayu uh, ha- hasn't scored for what seems like ages and ages. Um, Edouard scored against Spurs, I think, in that. In that, in on his debut, but hasn't had many since then. Um, so it's two goal shy teams, really. In this, I mean, Norwich obviously lacking confidence um, after that the, the five nil hammering by Arsenal, um, that that the defeat on Boxing Day. So two two teams who are struggling to score, um, and assuming that they've got enough players to to to, to play, um, it, it's going to be tight. I mean, I can see it a narrow Palace win, maybe from. Someone like Conor Gallagher, it, it's got it's up to him to to um to, to to really sort of seize the initiative because he's he's got phenomenal energy, Gallagher. I mean, he's he loses the ball and, then, and you see, you think, oh, that's it, and then two seconds later he's recovered and he's back winning the ball again. Um, and he's, I think it's his sort of energy in midfield which will carry the game for Palace if they, yeah, you know, having played two days earlier, they need they need him to step up. Um, but um, it, it's two goal shy teams, so I, I, there's not a lot in it, I don't think. Yeah, Neil Norwich have failed to score in their last four games, and they've not. Um, well, they've only won one away game in in twenty. We know their overall form is is poor in, in the Premier League, but they're, they're back to being kind of worryingly Norwich again, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I think what's surprising is that when I look at the league table, they're only three points from safety. So they're not actually caught adrift. As, as poor as Norwich have been this season, and it's down four defeats in a row, no winning six, like you say, shipping goals for fun at the moment. And you're looking at it thinking, how are they going to go to Crystal Palace and get a result? You know, yeah, you're looking at Puki as maybe a player who, who may be the match winner, but can they keep a clean sheet going to Palace? I know Palace have, have certainly got a few issues, Sahar being injured. Benteke wasn't involved, was he, the other day against uh, Spurs? Um, Elise, another player who can make a difference, he wasn't involved either in that game. Um, so Gallagher, yeah, I like that shout. Edward as well, another player who I think could maybe be a match winner and cause Norwich problems. I, I agree with Gavin. I don't see this game having many goals in it, but, but I look at Palace and think they are stronger than Norwich and, and I just fear Norwich's poor run will continue, unfortunately. Yeah, run through some of the goal scorers for mainly Palace here. It's a uh... Edouard at 2.42 anytime, Benteke 2.45, Conor Gallagher's as short as 2.54 anytime from, from midfield as well. Um, Eze there at 3.75, Elise mentioned uh, wasn't involved uh, and was rumoured to be one of the players who, who was out with COVID. Um, but there's a, a lot more in terms of attacking intent uh, and danger from the Crystal Palace side. Uh, Palace... To win this, well, the under two and a half goals anyway is 1.87, so that's quite short. But uh, again, a narrow Palace victory. Uh, Palace and under two and a half is 3.5. And I think that might be the way that we, that we look at this one. Um, not too much more to look at in terms of goal scorers, but a narrow Palace win. Don't forget, you can have those uh, multi-goals as well. That's in the extras market. You can look at um, Palace to win 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1. That's 2.27. Uh, so we're, we're not suggesting too many more goals than the than maybe the, the goal fest that Boxing Day was for a couple of teams. Uh, but the other three o'clock game on Tuesday is it is Watford-West Ham. Uh, Watford at 3.33, West Ham 2.14. The draw is 3.5. Um, Neil Mellor, West Ham, oh, 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 is it too early to be a, a doom monger in this? Their back four has been decimated by their first half of the season being so good, but just the players, they've run out of players. Do they deserve to be favourites and quite strong favourites in this game to, to be winning this away from home at Watford? Yeah, we'll, 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 we look at West Ham now as a top six side, don't we? Um, I think top four is going to be a real push for them. They've only had one clean sheet in the last nine Premier League games. So they have struggled defensively. 
Watford, I actually had to look, the last time they've played was the 10th of December. They've had a lot of um, disruption because of COVID. And again, the question will be for Watford for this game, are they fresh? Are they rusty? How are the players been affected by COVID? We don't know. Um, but they will certainly be a lot fresher than West Ham going into this game. But the, but the question is, we don't know which players have been affected by COVID and which players will be available for Watford. But you would think um, West Ham should be strong enough because of the quality they have. But just a, Watford are an unknown one for me in this game. Yeah, it's really tough, isn't it, Gavin, to work out what kind of Watford team and it, mm. it will come out and, and, and how fresh they are. They'll have been preparing for all of these games. It's not like they've, they've been... You know, had two weeks off, just being able to to just train and and get themselves around things. They they still aren't getting games postponed at at uh, you know with enough notice. So they've yeah. been they've been in this strange limbo for a few weeks, haven't they? Yeah, and 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 they've had players isolating, quite a few players isolating, so not taking part in training. So um, and and Ranieri is one of those coaches that. Does he do a lot of preparation? Can he can he throw a team together, or does he rely? You know, does he does he spend a lot of time on the training ground with set pieces and 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 the like? I think there's probably goals in this. I mean, judging by Boxing Day results, where we saw a lot of goals across across the board, um, where there was you know there were disruptions and there were uncertainties amongst the lineups, and teams weren't be able to, weren't able to prepare in the in the way they wanted. Um, this this is one of those games again. I think where they, yeah, where they, there is uncertainty, and I think where there's uncertainty, there's possibly goals. So I think uh, West Ham's defence is is obviously a problem. They're looking, they can't wait to get to January. I think to get some reinforcements in, particularly in the back line. And um, so Watford, I've got a chance in this if they can put a decent team out and and go for it. Um, they've got goals in them. Watford have, have shown this season that they've um, that they they're capable of, of you know. Some some big results and some big score lines, so I think I think there are goals in this. I think that's the only way to go. I think it's in terms of individuals, it's very hard to predict. But in terms of, um, I, I I think there could be something in this in terms of the score line. Over two and a half goals is one point eight five. Over three point five goals is three point one. I fancy five goals in the game. That's five point seven five for over four and a half goals. You can have a look at the uh, the combo of both teams to score and over two and a half goals. Uh, which is 2.1. Neil, do you, do you see the, the goal fest in this simply because defensively, uh, one side hasn't got any defenders and the other one can't really defend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'll see goals in this game. Um, like you say, Watford, despite not playing in, in 18 days, I think they're so vulnerable defensively. West Ham will, will have opportunities um, and West Ham have had those problems defensively. So Watford will. I, th- I look at Dennis, you know, the striker for Watford. <clears throat> I think he's about to sign off for the African Cup of Nations. Uh, he's going to play for Nigeria, isn't he? So uh, he's been a real success story for them. I think he'll want to finish. I'm not sure if this is the last home game for him for Watford before he goes away. But I, I won't mind backing him to uh, to maybe get on the score sheet at some point. Yeah, waiting to see which players get to stick around for the weekend has been the extra extra dispensation, hasn't it, Gavin? With with players being able to stick around for until the third, so that might we'll, we'll look later on to see which kind of players will will still be there before the, the competition kicks off in early January. Um, but yeah, it's um, he's been a really important player for them, hasn't he, Emmanuel Dennis, Gavin? Yeah, and, and picked up cheaply from, you know, not had a great in Belgium, as we said before, but um, yeah, phenomenal start. Um, and it, and he's full of confidence at the moment. And assuming he's fit, um, you know, you would expect him to start. Um, so that's a, that's a good option for Watford. And um uh, yeah, Ranieri's teams, I think, always capable of surprises. So um, I, I think there's, um, there's, as I said, there's goals in this, and I think that's the that's the way to go with this. Uh, Dennis at two point seven five. Anytime he's six first goal. If if you like, still West Ham to win this because Watford will concede a lot of goals, but he fancy both teams to score as well. Uh, there is the market, which is in in the combo section. Uh, on the sportsbet.io uh, console, you can have West Ham plus over two and a half goals and both teams to score at 3.81. Um, anyone disagree with that? Are we still thinking West Ham win this or Watford got a got a possibility? I, I, I like where you're going with that one, Dave, I must admit. Maybe Antonio as well. He came on at halftime in the, in the Boxing Day game and grabbed himself a goal. A lot was made about the run for him, not scoring a goal. I think that'll give him huge confidence. Uh, 
um, piece again for West Ham. Um, but yeah, so Antonio will will be fresher than some of the players because he only played half a game in that one and he's back. He looked fit back amongst the goals. So Antonio, Dennis, West Ham to win, both teams to score. If you can fit all them in an hacker, Dave, then that's where I'm going. <laughs> we'll work something out. Uh, that, that That's up to you listeners to try and work that one. 2.71 anytime. For Antonio to, for him to score a couple of goals is 10. Uh, that's Watford against West Ham. That's the last of the uh, three three o'clock kickoffs in the Premier League on Tuesday. Uh, next up, we'll look at the big game in the evening. And that is Liverpool Leicester. This is the sportsbet.io Premier League preview. Uh, we've reached the evening session. Uh, there is a, a gap because a game has been postponed uh, between uh, the three o'clock kickoffs and the eight o'clock kickoff on Tuesday, which is Leicester City versus Liverpool. 6.66 for Leicester, 1.4 for Liverpool to win at Leicester, 5.33 the draw. Um, obviously, very soon after the game at Anfield, uh, where Liverpool on penalties eventually knocked Leicester out of the Carabao Cup, but also uh, Neil Mellor, um, Leicester having gone to Manchester City in between in a very strange game where it looked like it could have been a repeat of the the Leeds visit to Manchester City, but they, they dug themselves back into a game but just gave themselves far too much to do. When you're 27 minutes in and 4-0 down at Manchester City, um, you, you're not going to come back from that really, are you? Nearly did. Really? <laughs> Second half, they had to go, didn't they? Um, got it back to 4-3, then they missed a chance at 4-3. Had that have gone in, who knows? But um, I look at Leicester, and I, I went to that game in the cup tie recently. Uh, Leicester were full strength for that game. Uh, Liverpool made 10 changes. Out of those changes, not many will be starting this game. Jordan Henderson will certainly be one of those players back in, and that was a, a to see him playing. Um, but out of that starting lineup for Liverpool, not many will start this game. Um, whereas Leicester are at full strength, they've got more injury problems defensively. You know, they conceded six at Manchester City, and they'll be fearing this game. It's a quick turnaround for them because they played 26. This is the 28th. They've got all those injury concerns, and they've also got the big concern that Liverpool are fresh. Liverpool did not play in the 26. Salah, Mane, Firmino, Jota, they are all raring to go at that Leicester. Defence. Leicester can score. Vardy was unused in the game against Man City and Vardy has a good record against Liverpool. So yeah, I fancy Leicester to have a threat going forward, but I just don't think they'll be able to contain Liverpool's attack. Gavin, looking at what Leicester did in, in that Carabao Cup tie, having gone strong, they then lost Soyuncu and Ricardo, didn't they? And when you go to Manchester City with Mark Albright and playing it right back, um, you know you've got some defensive issues and yeah. the, the Liverpool strike force will be Looking forward to this. They've they've actually um, Liverpool have, have enjoyed maybe not last season, but they've not been too bad at Leicester in in recent years, and particularly in that season when they won the league, they, they were they were dominant in in this fixture. Um, it's always an interesting game, though, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 you know Brendan Rodgers against his obviously his former team, so that's an added uh, element to the team, and and. I don't know if there'll be a little bit of, of, of spite in this game with Ricardo Pereira now sideline with a, a broken leg, is it? I think following the tackle in the, in that cup tie by um, youngster Tyler Morton. So that's, I don't know if that adds a little bit of an edge to, to things, but um, certainly Liverpool's goal threat is there. And, and defensively, they're looking solid despite Van Dijk not being around. Um, Canati's come in and, and done pretty well. So they haven't got the problems they had last season. Um, they're solid at the back, and and when you you're solid at the back, and you've got that forward line, uh, and you unleash them against a team like Leicester, you've had so many, I mean, unfortunate injuries throughout the season, um, and 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 such a poor defensive record through the season. Then there's got to be goals in it for Liverpool. I, I can't see how Leicester can do it, and I think I think there were goals for Liverpool, all sorts of areas. I suppose one possible weakness is Robertson is is suspended, isn't he? Um, following that red card against Tottenham, the fullbacks are so important to Liverpool. I guess the replacement would be would be Simicas, is that right? The Greek yeah. left back and and Alexander Arnold on the other side has been has been magnificent as in recent games. So they're they're going to be on it, Liverpool, um, and and they 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 can smell the goals, and I think uh, there will be a lot of them. And I'm not sure Leicester can 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 provide anything on it going forward themselves. Do you still fancy a, a Leicester goal in this one, Neil? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I know Liverpool have looked a lot stronger this season defensively. 
I agree with Gavin there about Canate. I think the manager's got a decision to make. Does Canate partner Van Dijk and Fabinho back? Who missed a couple of games with, with obviously Spurs and the cup tie with COVID. Um, so they're back in training. They're back available for selection, which is a big boost for Liverpool. I thought they missed Fabinho, certainly against uh, Spurs. And again, that will help stop that threat for Leicester. Vardy, love scoring, like I mentioned, against Liverpool. He will be a player to keep an eye on. I think also Brendan Rodgers was, was quite clever in terms of he rested four players for that game. So so these four players would probably start in Leicester's strongest team. Castagna, who came on at halftime uh, in the City game. Sumari, who, who I think is a really, really talented young player, French under-21 player. Ndidi, I think he'll probably play centre-half in this game, although we all know his best position is defensive midfield. And Vardy. So I think those players come in and, and maybe give... Leicester a little bit more quality than they did against um, City. So, yeah, Leicester to score, Vardy to get on the sheet, Liverpool to win the game. And we've not even mentioned Salah because Salah will be licking his lips to get a goal and get attack at that um, Leicester defence. Yeah, Mo Salah with now a couple more games to play for Liverpool before he and Sadio Mane leave for the African Cup of Nations. Uh, you can have Liverpool and both teams to score at 2.4, Liverpool and over two and a half goals. At 1.69, they have scored at least two goals in 20 of their last 23 matches. Liverpool themselves, 13 out of 15 in the league, have been over two and a half goals. Uh, and over two and a half goals have been scored in Leicester's last six Premier League games as well. Uh, there's been a lot going in at either end uh, for Leicester City. Uh, those player specials, most salaries 1.72 anytime, Jota 2.05. Uh, Sadio Mane 2.54 and Roberto Firmino at 2.22. Um, there's uh, you mentioned Damian Vardy. He's right down there at 2.9 anytime, which is uh, a pretty decent price. If you fancy uh, the old lose cast, which is uh, Jamie Vardy to score in a Liverpool victory, uh, you can have that at 5.5 for a Vardy goal, but Liverpool win. Is that is that up your street, Neil? Yeah, I saw Gavin nodding his head as well. I think that one is is quite an appealing one. I wouldn't be too disappointed with that. Liverpool to get the victory. And, and as we know, Vardy loves himself a goal. So, um, yeah, that one looks quite likely. Well, that's Leicester City uh, versus Liverpool. That is the evening kickoff on the Tuesday. Uh, we'll move on to, I believe it is Tuesday. Uh, we'll move on to the Wednesday next as we're in this twilight zone of the Premier League podcast. <laughs> This is the sportsbet.io Premier League podcast uh, previewing the rest of the games in this midweek match week uh, in the Premier League uh, around Christmas heading towards the new year and there's two games that we're looking ahead to on the Wednesday the 29th as Chelsea against Brighton at 7.30 and kicking off 45 minutes later at 8.15 is Brentford versus Manchester City. We'll also look ahead to Everton, Newcastle and Manchester United, Burnley uh, before the end of this podcast. Um, we'll start off Neil Miller with uh, Chelsea against Brighton. We've got Neil Miller, former Liverpool striker and Gavin Hamilton with me. Uh, 1.46 for Chelsea at home. Brighton are 8. 4.33 the draw. Um, you suggested, Neil, that Brighton were eventually going to win a game at some point and they would do on Boxing Day and they did. Are they too long at 8 to go and grab themselves a victory at Chelsea. Oh, that's a big ask, isn't it? Um, back to back wins. Brighton fans haven't seen that for a long time. Um, yeah, I, I fancied them against Brentford, but a win under two point goals. We knew there wasn't too many goals in the game. Um, but it was a big result for Brighton because it ended that really poor run of form. I did it down as what was it, 12 in all competitions without a win. Um, and uh, but five points off the top six, that's where Brighton are at the moment, mid table. Uh, whereas Chelsea, they've had a lot of problems with COVID, a few problems with injuries as well. Um, and for this game, I would probably say, wait for the team news because Thomas Tuchel was talking about potential injuries again from that game in the victory at Aston Villa. Will Werner, Werner be available? Will Havertz be available? Lukaku was a big boost. You know, he came off the bench and, and made a big difference in that second half, got himself a goal. So that's a massive boost for Chelsea. And that's obviously a problem for Brighton to think about. Um, but, but Chelsea have been really affected. And, and these both these teams both played on the 26 as well. So it'll be a case of who, who can rotate and give a little bit of extra freshness. You would back Chelsea more than Brighton for that. Yeah, Gavin, is that there are there are injuries for Chelsea and, and that's fine. They, they can deal with most of them. But when it's N'Golo Conte... That does have an effect on Chelsea playing, doesn't it, when he's not there? Yeah, I mean, he, he was there for the, the Villa game, and, and um, he's a, you know, 
much as important as Lukaku. I think his return. Um, so if he's not available, then that's that's a, that's a big loss for for Chelsea because they've. I mean, yeah, Tuchel's been complaining for quite a few weeks now about his his uh, his injuries and his absences. Um, but he's got a great squad, you know. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you would miss Havertz and uh, Kovacic and Werner, but to have those those options in your squad in, in the first place is, is quite something. And I, so I, I, I think Tuchel's perfectly capable of making a team from the elements that are, that will be available. Uh, and I think Lukaku's return is a huge plus because he gives them that focus, that attacking focus um, where, you know, they've had Pulisic trying to play that sort of second striker, false nine role, not really working out. Same with Werner. So to have a centre-forward who actually plays as a centre-forward um, is, is is significant for Chelsea. And, and Lukaku um, was supposed to be the mid-piece that impact against Villa. And I can see him doing the same again. Brighton, they're lacking in defence. I mean, uh, Lewis Dunk is a, is a huge player for them. Uh, and and Duffy's done well in in the back as well for them. So if those guys are missing, that's that's a weakness I think that Lukaku can exploit. Um, Basuma was a miss for them as well in in the game against Brentford. Although um, yeah, they they came through with the goals in the end. Mope came out with a good once. Um, and and Trossard is a is a terrific little player I think. Um, and when he's on song and he's scoring, that makes a big difference for Brighton. And he got the opening goal against Brentford. Um, so Brighton are capable. Uh, and Trossard is, is 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 the one actually who's, who's in a way more consistent than Mope. He's more of a threat, in, 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 not as a as a centre forward, but he, you know he he does he does pop up with some some important goals. Um, but I think Chelsea, in whatever form format they play, whatever formation, um, they'll be too strong for Brighton. I think Brighton got a big win to arrest that decline of recent months. Um, it's been a long long time without a win for Brighton. Um, so that's that's a big plus for them, but I think the two-day turnaround going to Stamford Bridge is going to be is going to be too much for them. I think Neil, statistically, if you look at the fixtures that, that they've had and the, the the previous away games for Brighton, they've uh, they've drawn three out of their last four away from home. They've drawn at Liverpool, West Ham, and Southampton. Uh, they were all score draws as well. In fact, they've scored in four out of the last five away games. And Chelsea, they've conceded in their last four home games um, and three of those have been draws and, and Leeds nearly nearly drew with them as well uh, And with that late 3-2 victory. Their, their home form is a worry, isn't it? Mm, hasn't been great, hasn't been too convincing, has it? Probably too many uh, drop points, I would say, from a Chelsea point of view. This will be a game where they'll be looking at maximum points. <clears throat> Just on Trossard, he went off at half-time and I heard Graham Potter's comments afterwards saying that He's been struggling with a hamstring, so he will be a doubt for the game. Um, I'm not sure Brighton will risk him for this one. Um, so, so, again, you're thinking, what other threat to do Brighton have? Basuma's back from a ban, but you won't, you won't really bank him to be getting a goal. So, um, well, Beck came on at half-time, yeah, OK, maybe. But, um, yeah, Brighton, I just don't see Brighton causing Chelsea enough problems. I know we're saying Chelsea have dropped points at home, but I think that victory now, the six points off City, they're looking at this game as... We cannot be dropping points. Lukaku back. Fancy Lukaku to get a goal. Chelsea to win to zero. And then just to try and get and close that gap to City before City play later on that night. Yeah, Chelsea to win to nil is 2.2. A Lukaku uh, goal is 2.36 anytime. He's 4.75 first goal and 7.4 to get a couple. Uh, Brighton have uh, not scored at Chelsea uh, since they've returned uh, to the top flight, um, and it's that's been four games. It's been a Chelsea victory to nil uh, every single time, and that might be the way that we go in this one. And uh, Chelsea, of course, will be uh, able to just check up on what City are doing uh, pretty much at the same time. Uh, City kick off just as Chelsea will uh, finish their first half. Uh, and looking at the Brentford Manchester City game to move on to in the same night, um, an 8 15 kickoff. Brentford at home are 15. Uh, to beat Manchester City, who are 1.18. The draw is seven. Um, Gavin Hamilton, Manchester City, nine wins in a row. We've seen them do this before. We've seen them do 15 in a row. Um, At the moment, certainly for the first half against Leicester, uh, they they look absolutely outstanding, don't they? they, They've been in this gear before, but it's unbelievable to watch. Yeah, um, and and looking at that, the forward line of of Silva and and, um, uh, 
There's the, too many um, of them. There's too many of them. But I, the, the players that we were talking about um, uh, in the in the summer who were going to move on because you know these new people had arrived, Grealish had come in, Foden had established himself. Um, but actually, the, the players that are that are um, are doing really well are those guys who, who had doubts at in the summer: Bernardo Silva, uh, Raheem Sterling. Um, they're all um, showing. I mean, it's 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 remarkable the way that they're playing at the moment and yeah they've they're now I think they played 19 19 games into the Premier League season they've had uh you know Champions League group stages and there's very few injuries at the moment um Rodri's I guess the one guy who you could point to as a as an absence in midfield and say that's you know that's a guy they really miss um but elsewhere um putting aside the second half at Leicester against Leicester um as a as some sort of I, I guess would you call it a lapse in concentration um, they know they're capable of scoring. They know they can turn it on. Um, and I'm not fearful for, for Brentford in the way I was for Leeds because I think Brentford at home are quite um, quite a tight unit. They're quite direct. They won't hesitate to get people behind the ball and, and play very defensively and look for that, that out ball to the striker. Um, and I think... I think it'd be quite. It, it could be a bit of a struggle for for City to break them down. This is the problem that City have had in previous seasons. Uh, they're not having this season. Is how to break teams down who, who put ten behind the ball, and and um, that that could be one of these games. Uh, this could be one of the, those games. Um, and I think uh, I think City will break through. I mean, I think the interesting thing will be to see if Foden or Grealish get an opportunity after um, events off the pitch. And um, that's an interesting aspect of of Guardiola's management, you know, because he's got this team of a squad of fantastic talents and he's got to manage them and manage everything that's happening around them. So I think it'd be interesting to see if, if Foden or Grealish starts. Foden came on uh, as a sub, didn't he, against Leicester, um, but Grealish has, has remained on the bench. Um, and if you're looking at players to, to unlock a tight, organised team, then then Grealish and Foden would be, would be up there, wouldn't they? So um, it's hard to see how Brentford could get anything out of this but uh, I think it could be quite a low scoring game I think City could struggle a little while to break break them down um, but they will do eventually well, there, yeah there might be uh, something in that in terms of price wise trying to find something for City City and under three and a half goals is 1.95 so just off even money City and under two and a half is 3.33 but Neil they're, they're so irresistible at the moment you, you couldn't back against them being 4-0 up in 27 minutes again no got a couple of big games coming up on the City after this one Arsenal and Chelsea but um, Brentford one clean sheet in 12 in the Premier League are they going to stop City scoring don't think so um, I'm with Gavin I think City are going to freshen it in the final third I think Foden Grealish and Jesus maybe the front three uh, and maybe it's a bit harsh on Sterling. He gets himself a couple of goals and thanks for that. You're not playing next game. Uh, maybe Morris as well got himself a goal and, and maybe he's on the bench. But that's what City have. They have the players to rotate, to give them freshness. And let's be honest, Morris, Bernardo, Silva, Sterling front three, scoring six goals. When Jesus, Grealish and Foden come in, you, you could argue that's a better front three. Um, so, so that's the problem that Brentford will be facing. De Bruyne. Will he start start again? He's had a good little run in the side. I think with Arsenal and Chelsea coming, he may be a player who's given a breather, which obviously would be good news for Brentford. I fear for Brentford. I really do. Maybe not as much as Leeds, as Gavin mentioned, but I'm looking at City going there, making it, what is it, 10 Premier League wins in a row. They look um, they, they look uh, formidable at the moment before they have these two very tough games coming up there. Uh, Jack Grealish is uh, way down the list at any time goal scorers at, at three, a mighty three, at 7.5 uh, first goal. And, and a couple of players who we've mentioned in previous weeks as well. Cole Palmer uh, might well be the kind of player that's used in this game at 2.8, uh, 6.6 uh, first goal. Bernardo Silva at 2.75 at any time, a 6.66 first goal uh, would also be a way. And is, um, I suppose the only way around this is do Brentford score a goal, Gabby? Yeah, and I said they're very... They're, they're they're very physical team. They're very direct um, and not afraid to, to launch it. Um, and I think that'll be the way they they play. So I guess Tony is the is the option, isn't he up front, the, the main striker? So possibly you could um, you could argue that that that's the way to get at City. Um, but even Edison's been in outstanding form. So you know, if you, even if you get an opportunity against City, then then Edison's there. Um, and playing really well, so I, I, I'm not sure Brentford will will score. It's a, it's a 
question how what options does Guardiola use to break down a team that will be will be there to, to, to be behind the ball the whole time and um, and uh, you know they, they Thomas Frank's a he's a, he's a clever coach he's he's not afraid to to be pragmatic and to do what he has to do um, to get a result so he he will he will be set his team up to be very defensive and um, and it's up to City and Guardiola to break them down and and, and they will I think. Um, as Neil says, but it's it's it it, it could be a, compared to their recent results. Um, I think this could be a relatively low scoring game for City. Well, City to win to nil is one point seven five. Uh, you might have a look at the halftime full time as well. If you think Brentford can hold on, uh, the draw Manchester City is three point seven five. That might be the the largest price that we have on that game for City to actually, well, a price that might have a chance of coming in uh, with any kind of value to it. That's Brentford against Manchester City, the second game on the Wednesday. Uh, we'll move on to Thursday's double next. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League preview. We've reached the last couple of games of 2021. I've got Neil Mellor and Gavin Hamilton with me and a chance to look through uh, the final couple of games of this match week, uh, which will finish on the 30th of December. It's Everton against Newcastle, first up at a 7.30 kickoff UK time uh, with Manchester United Burnley following on pretty quickly. Uh, Neil Mellor, Everton against Newcastle. Uh, it's kind of the old... Two bald men fighting over a comb, sort of thing. Everton 1.9, Newcastle off four, 3.5 the draw. Um, we've said it before, Newcastle have to start winning these kind of games. Um, they just have to start winning any kind of game, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, January around the window, all the talk will be about who comes in. And it may well be dependent on um, on where they are. You know, If they're a little bit closer to safety, three points at the moment. They've got Manchester United on the 27th. We're speaking before that game. And then this game against Everton, which is in doubt, let's be honest. We're not sure if that game will, will go ahead or not because of the situation at Everton. Who will be available for Everton? You've got the Rafa effect as well, of course. You know, Rafa X Newcastle um, will be determined to to turn them over. Um, they've not been in good form of the Everton. Their game was called off um, uh, on Boxing Day. One win in the last 11. Last played the 16th of December away at Chelsea. A surprising result. Played a number of young players. One boost... If this game does go ahead, is I think Calvert-Lewin will be available for selection. I think that's what's coming out of Everton at the moment, saying he is close. Now, that would be a massive boost, wouldn't it? They have missed him. Um, and we know Richarlison, I think, has got a calf injury, so, so it's unlikely he will feature. And Calvert-Lewin would give them a little bit more atmosphere to get going and make it difficult for Newcastle. Uh, Gavin, looking at, um, at Newcastle, um, mm. is, there, is there anything positive you can take at the moment? Again, we are talking before... They're inevitable now. I'm talking about this five-nil victory at Manchester United, but um, we'll 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 work out uh, what they are after that. Um, but again, another side looking looking to January. Uh, it's not far now. Almost in January, and they know in January that there's this the possibility of a, a whole new load of players arriving. I don't think there's going to be a, a huge sea change at Newcastle in January. I think they're going to pick up um, some defenders. I think that there's talk of fullbacks and centre backs coming in and and um, but it must be hard for those players to to go into this game knowing that you know there's going to be there's the, the threat of, 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 of you losing your place to, to someone who's going to be on a lot more money than you are coming in in, in, in January so um, it's, it's a strange one I can't see a lot of goals in this anyway um, I mean Calvert-Lewin's the obvious uh, way into this if he if he does play and play some role because as, as Neil said he's been a huge loss for Everton um, and I It'd be fitting in Benitez Derby if there weren't many goals in this, wouldn't there? It's sort of um, it, it, he's. Um, I do admire the way he's coping with the. You know, he's he's, he's had to cope with restrictions at Newcastle. Uh, it's the same. He's facing similar problems at Everton. Um, he's done well with the youngsters he's brought in. Uh, I was at the Palace Everton game where he, he actually made some substitutions that almost brought Everton back into it, uh, and they were unlucky to lose that game. And, and talking to some of the Everton fans afterwards, they were they were really critical of him. And I thought it was unfair because he'd um, yeah he's, he's he's got a difficult job on there. Um, and uh, so I can't see goals, but I think if Calvert Lewin, uh, it's one of those games that you know you need to look at the, the team sheet and see who's playing. If it, if it does go ahead, because Everton have had a lot of absentees in in previous games that have been called off. So look at the team sheet. 
if Calvert-Lewin is, is there in some role, then that's that's a way. And I think, and um, but I, I think for Newcastle, it's a it's another it's another struggle. I think. Uh, well, we are a little bit behind times, obviously, with um, with Newcastle still to play as we're recording this in a game beforehand. But there's no uh, markets for goal scorers just yet, and and again, we don't really know until uh, those team sheets come out. So, um, if you're listening to Clubhouse Radio at, at the time, uh, you'll get the team news first there. And uh, the guys on the radio will be able to take you through every single facet of the game, if indeed it does go ahead. We hope that, that it does uh, to finish off uh, 2021. Everton, Newcastle, under two and a half goals might be the way forward there at 1.88. Other than that, there's not much in this. Uh, it is an in-play fest. I think this will be the, the one to watch if it's on. And hopefully we can uh, guide you uh, to something uh, from this game, 1.9 for Everton at home uh, is, is is short maybe, but then Newcastle are not very good at all and they are four away from them. The draw is 3.5 and you might suggest that actually the draw is uh, much more of a possibility here. Uh, at half-time in Everton, Newcastle, Manchester United, Burnley uh, kicks off, hopefully. Burnley, who are now looking at a second half of the season, which is just absolutely chock full of football. Uh, games postponed for COVID, postponed for snow, um, they will be desperate to get games played, Neil Miller, because the second half of the season looks like they'll almost be running in late European competition. They haven't got the players to really play Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. They need to get points on the ball pretty quickly. But can they do that against Manchester United? I know they've been in the Premier League a few years, but they, they, they've been used to that sort of championship Saturday, Wednesday, and, and the way they play. I think they're one of the teams that would be able to handle that. I, I know there's not a big squad there, but I think the style of play, they'll be able to grind results, you know, draws, nick points here and there. Whether that's enough because of the backlog of games they're going to have coming up, it, it's not ideal. Again, you're looking at this one, two teams that haven't played a lot of football recently. United, 11th of December. Um, Burnley, 12th of December. Although United's game, obviously, against Newcastle, we're speaking ahead of that one, so they will get that one in before this game. So it'll be a case of that freshness. I think it's been more frustrating for Burnley because they've been able to play, but because of the opposition, they haven't been, they haven't played. Um, so, so they've been okay. So, so they've had time on the training pitch. I think they've got enough to go to Manchester United and frustrate them. We saw, was it a few years ago when they went there? Rodriguez got, got a win, uh, scored a goal for them and they did get a win. I don't see this game as plain sailing for Manchester United, which I think a lot of people may think will really frustrate them maybe nick a point out of this one possibly yes I mean to, to go and frustrate um, uh, Ralph Rangnick side he's not been conceding goals as Manchester United manager I mean they've not been playing many games but um, Gavin if you look at the way Rangnick's set up in his first couple of games it's been mm. to keep those those clean sheets so to actually press on and beat a team like Burnley uh, will Ralph Rangnick have faced teams like Burnley <laughs> Well, he'll, he'll know. He'll know. He'll know how Burnley set up, and, and they are very well drilled, and they and they play like Neil said. They, they they know what they're going to do. They know they know what job they've got to do, and and they will do it. And and they're it, it's pretty straightforward with, with Burnley. You know what you're going to get. Um, I think it's interesting with Ranić. I mean, I think I've said before that the fullback position is really interesting because he does play this very narrow midfield, and he he asks a lot of the fullbacks. And it'd be interesting to see in the lineups who who gets the nod. In the fullback positions, because Wambasaka has been been injured, and it's on record as criticising Luke Shaw before he was involved with Man United, um, and he's not not particularly a fan of Luke Shaw. Um, and Dallow's come in and done very well uh, as an attacking fullback, and the same with Tellez. They're more attacking options, and they they will provide, I think, more assists as, as the season goes on if they get the opportunities to start. And it's yeah, it'd be interesting with Wambasaka because he's sort of gone backwards at United since he joined I think he hasn't been well coached as a uh, as, as a defender um, and, and Rangnick wants those fullbacks to go forward so I think that's an interesting aspect of the game who starts um, in the fullback positions because a lot will be asked of them and um, particularly if, if Burnley do what they usually do and, and, and are direct and and you're relying on the fullbacks uh, to, to get you out of trouble a lot of the time in, in those games and, and that's um so I think it will be tight. I think Burnley will trouble United, but I think I think United will do just enough. I think it'll be there'll be maybe a single goal in it. I think United will, will do just enough. I think the other thing that's worth mentioning is Anthony Martial. I don't know if he's going to be fit, but there's talk of him moving on in January. So this could be a last game for him 
at, uh, at Old Trafford. Uh, the draw half-time, Manchester United at full-time is 3.8. Uh, is is that the the script to go by here, Neil? Do you think Burnley hold out but then give it up towards the end? Possibly, yeah. I, I think I, I think they're going to be <clears throat> in with a shout, Burnley, come the last 15, sort of 10 minutes or so. Um, and it's a case of can they hold out? We, we know that certainly, as we speak now, the crowds will be there. You know, it may well change, unfortunately, in, in, in early January, but the crowds will be there and the, the Old Trafford atmosphere will be uh, will be cheering United on and, and pushing them on, which makes such a big difference. I think that's something worth mentioning as well, because the fans, we missed the fans last season. The fans are back in. There's that uncertainty of COVID. Will, will they be allowed back in? And the fans that will be in over this festive period will make a big difference for the home teams. Uh, and this could be one of them where United get away with it, because of the, the backing of the fans. I, I, I fancy under 2.5 goals. I think Burnley will really frustrate them. And the only question is, will they hold out to keep United out? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go for a draw, but under 2.5. There you go. There's a, there's a pull that out of nowhere. Draw and under 2.5 goals is 6. Draw and under 1.5, that's the nil-nil draw, is 15. So a nil-nil or a 1-1 at under 2.5 goals and the draw is 6 for Manchester United against Burnley. Um, I mean, Thursday sounds like a bit of a snooze fest. I, I, speaking of someone who's already fallen asleep at the dinner table twice, uh, that's Christmas for you. Uh, and it's also, you know, whatever you've been drinking. But that, that, that's, that's how it goes uh, in this in this time between Christmas and New Year. And hopefully uh, you've had a, a good festive period as well. Uh, my thanks to uh, Gavin Hamilton and Neil Mellor. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, joining me, whatever day it is, whatever time it is, wherever we are. <laughs> thanks. Cheers, Dave. And uh, the sportsbet.io Premier League preview uh, will return for uh, one more uh, one more effort at this weekend before there is a, a bit of a break in terms of league action. Uh, there is the New Year's Day and uh, the uh, 2nd of January fixes to look ahead to very soon. Don't forget Clubhouse Radio is there through every single second of every single Premier League game this year and next year. We'll, we'll keep going, we'll keep pushing through um, and hopefully, as Neil says, the fans will be in as well. Uh, through every game this season it's uh, it's not good looking at f- fixtures around Europe at the moment and not seeing the fans back in um, but it is testing times for us all hopefully all these games go on and hopefully uh, you have a good festive period as well following them along with us here in the clubhouse uh, this is a sports betting media production and as ever please always gamble responsibly and we'll see you very very soon Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io. Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. Please gamble responsibly.